Well, it's time for the main message. So uh, let's get out our Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of John, and let's start with prayer. Heavenly Father, it's time for us to uh, get into your word as a church family. So we pray that you'll provide the understanding that we need here today as we study your word. Make it real to us. Help, it to take, help us to take it personally, to uh, judge ourselves and to see where we stand before you as Christians. So, Father, uh, through the Holy Spirit, open our eyes and our hearts and our minds to take in what is prepared and uh, give us deep understanding. So thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to turn to John chapter 15 today and uh, talk about the story of the vine and the branches that Jesus uh, shared with us. A very important uh, parable, if you will, by Jesus, talking about our relationship with God as his children and how vitally important our relationship with Jesus Christ is. You know, this is something that... Uh, I only deeply learned probably about 15 years ago, as many of you uh, as members of the church years and years ago, our focus was elsewhere. Our focus was on a lot of Old Testament practices that uh, we thought were important that actually by keeping them became a barrier to our relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, there were days that we kept and uh, food laws that we felt were important and uh, so on and so forth. But uh, it only happened, I know to me, when the time came for us to leave those rules and regulations behind that I realized I had nothing else to lean on in my life but Jesus Christ. It was only then that he started to really become real to me. And I realized how important my relationship with him was. So I guess we had to go through that as a church. And I know I had to go through that individually to really come to appreciate my connection to Jesus. And that's what he talks about here in this particular parable. Let's begin reading in verse 1. Jesus was speaking to the disciples, of which we are today. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So in a beautiful analogy here, Jesus teaches us the lesson that when we become Christians, when we hear the gospel and respond to it, and claim Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we're baptized, we receive the Holy Spirit, we enter into a special relationship with Jesus Christ in particular, certainly with God the Father and with the Holy Spirit, but we focus here on Jesus Christ and our relationship with him. And he uses the analogy of a vine. Well, you can think of any plant, whether it's grapes growing on a vine or any particular plant that you might have around the house or uh, out in the yard. We know that a plant has 
sap flowing through it, and that's what gives it life. That's why flowers bloom, that's why uh, evergreens you know, grow and turn beautiful green colors and so on and so forth. There's life in the plant. And he uses this analogy to show our relationship with him, that we as Christians are branches on a vine or on a plant. And unless we're connected to the vine or to the main body of the plant, there's no way we can have spiritual life in us. And if anything should happen that we are broken off of that vine, we're going to die, spiritually speaking. And he says it's vitally important that we remain. See, we have a choice whether to remain in Jesus Christ or not, or to become separated. He says remain. Uh, the other uh, word that is often used in other translations is abide, to abide in him, to remain in him. In other words, to stay connected to the main source of spiritual life that we have, and that's Jesus Christ. To remain in Jesus Christ means receiving and trusting all that God is for us in his son Jesus. And he's many things for us. He's our savior, our redeemer, our sustainer. Uh, he is the source of grace and mercy for us. And we need to stay connected to that. If a branch remains attached to the vine in such a way that it's receiving all the vine has to give, then that is a picture of what John means by believing and trusting Jesus. Hold your place and turn to John chapter 1. We're going to look around to a couple different verses in the Gospel of John. John chapter 1 and verse 12. This is when John was talking about who Jesus was and why he was sent to this earth. That he existed before he became human. He was the Word of God and he became flesh and I like the way John puts it here in John 1, verse 12. <clears throat> it says, yet to all who received him, that is Jesus Christ, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That's us. We're children of God. Why? Because we received him. We believed in his name. We acknowledged him for who he is. He is the Son of God, He is our Savior, and we believe that with all of our, our might. So we are known as the children of God. We are sons and daughters of God, and not just sons and daughters, but beloved sons and daughters of God. And God will never change His mind on that. <laughs> we will remain in that relationship with Him. So believing in Jesus Christ is a receiving of Jesus into your life, welcoming him, trusting him, drinking and eating and savoring him. As we talked about last week, for those of you who are here, we had the communion service and we talked about what that means when Jesus said, this is my body. It's not just a matter of coming down here to the front and taking a piece of bread and taking a cup and taking in physical elements, it's what that represents. It represents tasting and seeing that the Lord is good, taking refuge in Him, experiencing Him, being in relationship with Him. That's what that means.
So we experience our relationship with Jesus, that he's our Lord and master. We come to him, we believe in him. We're attached to him. And we want to remain attached to him in the strongest way so that we are receiving everything he has to give us. He gives us forgiveness. He gives us strength. He gives us mercy. He gives us wisdom. He gives us all the things that we need to function as the children of God. And we're to remain in him, staying connected to him, so that all God is for us in him is flowing into us like sap flowing into a plant or a tree or something like that. So it's very important that we focus on our relationship with Jesus Christ on a daily basis. We never take it for granted. We're always trying to improve it. We're always trying to refine it so that it's more effective in our life as a Christian. Because if we don't, we tend to suffer and we tend to falter as a Christian. But I'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. What is it that flows into our lives when we stay connected to the vine? Here in John 15, notice in verse 9, he mentions two things in particular that we benefit from when we stay connected to the vine. And uh, let's, let's read on in verse 5 of John 15. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now notice verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. So the first thing that he mentions that flows into our lives when we stay connected to the vine is the Father's love for us. As the Father loved Jesus, so Jesus has loved us, okay? So the same love that Jesus has for his Father is given to us so that we can love the Father and we can love Jesus Christ with the same love, the agape love, the godly type of love. And that's not a kind of love that the world can really experience or enjoy. You know, they're limited in their love. We know that there's three different types of love mentioned in the Bible. There are others, but the three main ones are Philadelphia, a type of love, a brotherly love, okay? The uh, eros or the erotic type of love that takes place in marriage between husband and wife, and then the agape, the godly type of love. That love is a gift from God, and it comes to us by staying connected to Jesus Christ. So the same feelings that he has for the Father and that the Father has for him, by staying connected to Jesus, that same love flows into our life. And that is the kind of love that so far outdistances any other kind of love. It takes us beyond what the other types of love can do in our lives. That's why it's so important for us to have that love because, you know, in our marriages, if you just rely on the other types of love, the brotherly love or the, the other, 
uh, it'll only take you so far in your relationship. But as husband and wife, if you can demonstrate godly love toward one another, another, that kind of love kicks in when the other human love runs out. You know, when counseling people for marriage, I always talk about how if their marriage is going to be successful, it depends on their relationship with God, their individual relationship with God. Because you're going to have troubles in marriage, you're going to have difficulties, and trials are going to come along. And human-type love can only go so far. If you have godly love, if you have the same love that Jesus Christ has for the Father, and that the Father has for the Son, and that Jesus has for us, that love is going to give you a much better uh, chance of being able to solve your problems in marriage because you love your mate the way God loves them. And that's what's necessary for a marriage to be successful. So the first thing that we get through the vine, by being connected to the vine, Jesus Christ, is a special kind of love that we can have in our lives. And we can demonstrate that love toward God the Father, toward Jesus Christ, and toward anybody we come in contact with. We can become a very loving person like God is loving. Now, a second thing he goes on to say, notice verse 11 of John 15. He says this, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So by staying connected to the vine, not only is God's love flowing into you, that special kind of love that he has, but also his joy. God is a joyful being. <laughs> he has a lot to be joyful about. It's great to be God. He really enjoys being God. And Jesus Christ was able to demonstrate this same godly joy during his life here on earth, in spite of the fact that he knew that he would ultimately face the cross and have to die for the sins of the human race. It gave him joy because he knew what his death was going to accomplish for the human race. And he felt joy in the midst of all that he had to deal with during his earthly ministry. So remaining in the vine means receiving the love that Jesus has for the Father and for his people, and also the joy that Jesus has in the Father and in us. So that's two of the benefits that we receive by staying connected to the vine. And this joy is a supernatural type of joy. It's a godly type of joy. It's joy in the midst of difficulties. Now, in this earthly life, we can experience joy from time to time. The birth of a grandchild, joy. It's a joyful time. You know, somebody wins the lottery, they're joyful. They got a whole lot of money that they didn't have before. But those types of joys seem to be sometimes short-lived. You can be happy one day and sad the next. Godly joy is something that carries you through for a lifetime and beyond. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 5 because it lists here more things that flow into us freely because we're connected to the vine. 
Galatians 5, beginning in verse 22, of course, we could add the fruit of the Spirit to this list of the benefits that we get by staying connected to Jesus Christ. Because these fruit, the fruit of the Spirit actually demonstrates the character, if you will, the personality of Jesus himself. So notice it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is, and sure enough, here's those same first two. Love, godly love. Joy, godly joy. Peace. We can have peace in our lives by staying connected to the vine, staying connected to Jesus Christ. And this is the peace that transcends understanding, as it says elsewhere in the Bible. You can have peace in the middle of a pandemic year. You can have peace in your life in the midst of an election year. <laughs> you know, you can have peace where other people cannot find peace and they don't understand why you can be peaceful because it is a godly gift that you have received, the peace of God himself. Knowing that God is in control and everything is going to work out for the best in your life. And he goes on to say patience, that's something that we all need more of on a regular basis. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are all things that flow freely through us if we are connected to the vine. If we're not connected to the vine, we're not going to enjoy these sorts of things. You know, sometimes we get frustrated with other people, maybe people who aren't Christians. Has this ever happened to you? Maybe you work with somebody like that and you wonder, why can't that person be more patient with me? Why can't that person be, be more kind toward me? You know, unless you're connected to the vine, you're not going to have these things flowing into your life. So we shouldn't be surprised. Sometimes we get surprised when people who are not Christians act like they're not Christians. <laughs> what way do you expect them to act? Unless they're connected to the vine and have these things flowing into them, you cannot expect somebody to act like they are connected to the vine. Now, we who are connected to the vine should always be acting like we are connected to the vine because we have these things flowing through us and we should be able to demonstrate them to others. That's why we should be different as people. We should be more patient. We should be more loving. We should be more joyful. We should be more kind and so on and so forth. Really, we have no excuse not to be. Why? Because we're connected to the vine. And we have these things flowing through us from God, supernaturally. So remaining in the vine means receiving all of these things that Jesus makes available to us that represent his character, his personality, who he is. Back here to John 15. Another thing to consider is Nothing of any spiritual significance is possible from us apart from our remaining in the vine. That's why it's so vitally important. He says in John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. It's not a gray area or something optional. There's a sharp distinction here. 
If we're not connected to the vine so that Christ's life is flowing into us, then his love, joy, peace, etc., will be totally barren in our lives. Nothing of any lasting value will come from us. Now, granted, there are some people in this world who seem to do some fine things, especially when it comes to money, you know, millionaires and billionaires donating toward this or toward that. But unless it goes for the glory of God, it's meaningless in God's sight. And when you investigate and find out why people do certain things, well, in some cases it might be for a tax write-off or... Uh, it might provide some sort of a benefit for them to donate. You know, they want to look good in the public's eye or uh, be thought of as a good person. There always seems to be some ulterior motive. But God motivates us in a way that whatever we do, since we're connected to the vine, all glory for that goes to God, not to us. That's the important distinction that God makes here. It kind of reminds me of what uh, Isaiah said back in Isaiah 64, verse 6. Isaiah 64, verse 6. He was uh, repenting on behalf of the nation of Israel as the prophet of God here. And he said something that is very interesting. He says, Isaiah 64, and verse 6, all of us, we Israelites have become like one who is unclean and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Wait a minute. How can righteous acts be like filthy rags? Well, anything that is done that does not bring glory to God is rejected by God. You know, we can come up with human ideas about maybe doing a good deed or doing this or doing that. The way God looks at it, if it doesn't bring glory to him, any deed that we attempt without God's empowerment, where no praise or glory goes to God, is worthless in God's sight. So all of the good deeds of the world when you come right down to it, and they may be done for the wrong motives or the wrong reasons, and perhaps often are, unless it brings glory to God in God's sight, it's rejected. The whole design of our being dependent branches attached to the vine is to give glory to God for bringing it all about. So as long as we're connected to the vine, when we have the opportunity to do good deeds, we give the glory to God because we know that behind the scenes, he's working it out, okay? All of these gifts that we're going to give to the Pregnancy Help Center in another week or so, when we go there, it's not for our glory. When we bless those people with all of these things, we're going to remind them, and there are Christian organizations, so they're going to know themselves, that God made that all possible that he gave us the idea, he gave us the good works that he prepared in advance and this opportunity to serve these people and to bless them, all of the glory for that goes to him. We're not gonna pat ourselves on the back and say what good people we are for doing that. God blessed us so that we can bless others. 
He not only blessed us with having enough to do something like that, but he also stirred up our spirit and pushed us out the door to go to Walmart or wherever we go shopping and pick up a few items and set them aside because we care about these people and the work that they're doing and we want to bless them. So you see, the glory goes to God for that. And when God is not involved, we really can't accomplish anything of substance in his sight. So that's our motivation as Christians. It's God behind the scenes, and we're doing this because we're connected to the vine. And his love, his mercy, his joy is flowing through us, and it motivates us to do good things. But the glory goes to him. In this chapter, he also talks about what it is that proves we're truly Jesus' disciples. Notice in verse 8, we read this a moment ago. He says, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So when that sap, if you will, is flowing through our veins, when being connected to Jesus Christ, he is feeding us, he is giving us everything we need spiritually to be his children, to be proper sons and daughters of God, fruit is going to be produced. Just as you know that with any plant, tree that you have in your yard or in your house, you know it's healthy by the fruit that it produces. Some of you are gardeners and you've learned that lesson over the years. But even flowers or, or evergreens or anything that you have in your yard, you can tell by looking at a plant usually if it's healthy or not. Well, Jesus says that people can look at us and tell if we are spiritually healthy by the fruit that we're producing in our lives. Producing spiritual fruit proves whether our attachment to the vine is flowing with life, love, and joy in Jesus, and that we're truly his disciples. And in a contrary manner, the absence of fruit proves otherwise. As he said in verse 6, if anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. So if you're truly connected to the vine, receiving and trusting everything from God, you're going to produce fruit in your life. What kind of fruit? Well, like we already talked about, you're going to have the love of God in your life, and it's going to be overflowing to reach out and affect other people in a positive way. You're going to have joy in your life that people can't understand. You're going to have peace in your life. And as we looked at the list of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, you're going to have patience. You're going to show kindness toward other people. And that is what proves that you're truly a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, sometimes we catch ourselves and realize that maybe I didn't handle that situation in the right way. Maybe I should have been more patient or maybe I should have had more peace in my life going through that uh, situation the other week. And we have to kind of check ourselves and uh, understand that maybe I'm not as closely connected to the vine as I should be. 
Maybe I've kind of strayed a little bit, and maybe I've gotten myself into a bad attitude so much, too much lately. And we, we have to check ourselves. We have to judge ourselves and realize that maybe sometimes we stray a little bit in our relationship with Jesus Christ. We're not giving it enough effort. We're not paying that much attention to it. It's not that much of a priority with our lives. We have gotten involved in so many other things. We're not taking time to, to, to spend with our Savior, Jesus Christ, and making sure that that relationship is what it should be and that those spiritual things are flowing into us as they need to be. Maybe we're blocking them off a little bit and we're noticing it in the way we're treating other people and then the way we're acting and our attitudes. And we need need to make adjustments. We need to go to God and apologize and repent and say, Lord, no, I haven't been spending enough time with you and I'm starting to act like it. And we need to repent and change. We need to constantly be on guard in relation to our uh, standing with God and our relationship with him and how we're connected to the vine. Because God the Father, don't forget, is the gardener. And his job is to cut off branches that aren't producing fruit. And none of us want to be that branch that is not producing fruit. We want to be healthy. We want to be pleasing to God. You know, one final point that I want to bring out is that God cares for the branches in both an internal and an external way to bring about maximum fruitfulness. Now, the dead branches he cuts off and they're to be thrown into the fire. But even the good branches, he prunes them. So internally, we have the life of Jesus Christ flowing into us daily. That's how he cares for the branch internally. And externally, God the Father is pruning us. He's pruning us. Now, pruning means to cut, generally speaking, and it's not always a pleasant feeling. But God does it out of love so that Jesus' life flows more effectively in us. And sometimes he needs to prune a little bit. Notice in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 11. And when I say pruning, we're talking spiritually about correction. Sometimes God the Father needs to correct us. And and we just need it. He sees it. He wants what's best for us. It's not always easy to endure. As uh, the writer of Hebrews says in chapter 12, verse 11, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So pruning... God's discipline is a part of our life as Christians. I don't know anybody who likes to be disciplined. I know I don't necessarily, but I know it's important. You know, when you're raising your children, discipline is important because you want them to to walk in the right path in life. You want them to grow up to be proper citizens, you know, who obey the law and stay out of jail and do the right thing. So there's always discipline necessary there. 
Even for us as Christians, from time to time, God looks at us and sees things that need to be corrected, course corrections for us in our walk with him. And like I said, it's never easy. We don't like correction. But since God loves us, he provides that for us. And when he prunes us, it means that what we receive from Jesus Christ is going to flow more effectively into us and through us. You know, I, did you pay attention to that to call the worship song that the woman was singing about how we mistake correction and we think God hates us or we think how terrible a time we're having and sometimes a trial actually is a blessing from God because it's helping us to see him more clearly. It's helping us to depend on him more. Uh, so don't misunderstand when trials come and when God prunes the branch. It's for our good, and he's just trying to help us along in our walk. And he is our father, and he is the perfect father, so he never corrects us or prunes us unnecessarily. And we can be thankful that he's always there watching over us. So this whole concept of staying connected to the vine, it's a lifelong process. We have to do our regular checks on ourselves. It's not a matter of judging one another, it's a matter of judging ourselves. Are we producing the fruit that God intends for us to produce? And again, I direct you back to that fruit of the spirit passage in Galatians chapter five. It's a good checklist to see how we're doing personally when it comes to those things. If we're not doing well, you know, in our relationship with our mate, in our relationship with the people we work with, uh, if we're not doing well, something's amiss. Maybe we're not connected to the vine as we should be. And we need to call out to God and ask him for help. I want to be connected to that vine. I want the full nutrients coming from Jesus Christ into my life that I need to be the kind of son or daughter of his that is going to please him. So we need to do regular personal checks on ourselves. I remember what it says in Philippians chapter 2 and uh, verse 12. There's work involved in this. And notice what it says in Philippians 2 verse 12. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now more, much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What does that mean? He's not talking about earning your salvation by your works. He's talking about your spiritual growth and development. Salvation is not merely a gift received once for all, but it's an ongoing, lifelong walk with God. And you know what? We're going to have good days and we're going to have bad days. We're going to have good uh, periods of time where we're close to God. We really feel that we're producing the fruit he wants us to produce, but then there might be sometimes when we get lazy or we get distracted and all of a sudden things aren't going well. We need to do a checkup on ourselves. And when we find ourselves lacking, we need to put forth the effort. You need to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, realizing what this is all about. I'm in relationship with God here. 
And, uh, you know, I'm either headed for eternity with him or I don't want to be a broken branch that ends up getting thrown into the fire. It's a process of perseverance, growing in spiritual maturity. And it's a lifelong process. So let's stay in tune. Let's make sure that we remain connected to the vine. And if you start feeling that you're not so connected or all of a sudden you're going through some rough spell and you're getting into bad attitudes, it's time to go to the Lord in prayer and repent and say, something's going on here, I don't understand what, but I need to be connected to that vine with all my heart and ask God to just draw you close you're taking your refuge in him, you knowing that you're knowing that this is where you need to be and you want to please God in everything that you do. So a beautiful analogy of a vine and branches. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. Let's stay connected. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful analogy that we can all relate to. And we just pray that during those times that we seem to stray and falter and uh, we're not producing the fruit that we should be producing, that we wake up quickly and draw close to you in prayer, in study. Help us to check ourselves on a regular basis, Lord, because we want to live the lives that please you. We want to prove that we're your disciples by the fruit that we produce in our lives. And the, the, the fruit that we produce in our lives is the fruit that's going to benefit others, whoever we're in relationship with. So, Father, help us to be more fruitful branches on your vine. And help us always to give thanks and remember the source of our life, not only now, but for all eternity. In Jesus' name we pray.